Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Hey, Q! Hey, Jay! I, okay, I have to admit, you look awesome today. Oh my gosh, thanks. So, I love, I mean, you've got like the long dark hair, the eye patch, the you've got full Kurt Russell Snake Plissken going on, and I love it. You know, that is that is genuinely how I dress, not even, I don't know if you're aware of this, not even for this episode, this is just how I dress in general. You just look like Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell all the time. All the time, minus any of the being in shape, or cool, <laughs> right? Right. Yes. Uh, but I have I have a question though. Why are you wearing flannel and khakis? Okay. I was afraid you were going to ask about this. Okay. Um, when we were talking about recording this episode in character, and uh-huh. we said we're coming as our favorite carpenter characters. Uh huh. Uh huh. I you did see Snake Plissken. I get it. Like, Got it. Escape from New York. Right. I I, I did Al Borland. Oh, Carpenter. Yes, Carpenter. Got it. High five! Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All right. Da, 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> pun. Well, I went a long way for that pun. That I loved it. <laughs> I was you. totally on board. Uh, you went so far as that's actually what you're wearing. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. That uh, wasn't like, that wasn't a joke. That was just a real the conversation. Facebook Messenger conversation. I did. Yeah. Now, right. no pants, obviously, as well, always. Sure. Well, that's but. why I asked why you were wearing khakis because your skin is just khaki colored. <laughs> it's just khaki colored, and the khakis are. I mean, I have them on. They're just on the floor. Right. They're just around my ankles. <laughs> For whatever. This- Got really. I guess I'm doing real life Al Borland. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means, but I'm into it. I'm and starting a rumor about Al Borland. Whatever you thought there right then, that's it. That's that. Just whatever you're it. thinking, that's the reality. Spread of the, the Al Borland rumors. Hashtag so, Al Borland rumor. <laughs> so hey Jay, thank uh, you. We're back for another high five the podcast. This time we're trying to get into the spooky season. Spooky season. Hey, that- here comes Halloween. Here comes Halloween. It's coming, Q. And you know what? Fuck it. Everyone's like, oh, it's September. It's not Halloween season. Fuck you. We're going by Kroger rules. Yeah. Halloween decorations are out. Halloween season has started. Welcome to Halloween season. I'll high five Cole the podcast, bitches. People are drinking pumpkin spice lattes. We're talking horror movie directors. Damn right. So we're starting our Here Comes Halloween series. Yeah. Here comes and a Halloween high five right in your fucking face. So, Q, you want to explain like what we decided to do this year? I do. Uh, so, we have decided uh, that every year we're just going to start Halloween earlier and earlier, like the rest of the world. And uh, we Kroger have decided... Rules. <laughs> Kroger rules. Kroger rules! Kroger rules! 
man, yeah. Um, Half price chicken. <laughs> we've decided that we are going to honor some of our favorite horror movie directors. And so for the month of September and October, we are going to release two episodes a month that are going to be retrospective top five lists on some of our favorite horror directors. And we're starting this month with John Carpenter. John Carpenter! Kroger rules! <laughs> uh, is that a pretty good uh, pretty good summation of what we're doing? I, I think that's great. So, you know, the guys, we're going to be keeping this series going, but we're going to be talking John Carpenter. We're going to be talking Wes Craven. You might even get a little George A. Romero in there. You Who may. knows? You may. We're gonna we're just going to figure out what the top, what these four, four or five episodes need to be. But uh, this week, we decided to start with uh, not only one of our favorites, but one that is still cranking out movies, um, which is John Carpenter. For a split second, I thought you were about to say one that is still alive. Because of the other other two that we listed, this is the only one. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And sad. And sad, yeah. Now, whether he is cranking movies out is a good or a bad thing, is really well, we can decide on this episode right is really to be seen tbd yeah. <laughs> um but we are talking about the the great john carpenter not only one of the great uh horror film directors of our time but one of the great horror film score composers of our this, time. okay that's something that just like right off the bat with john carpenter is kind of amazing just the level of everything that he does sure he's like, like "Ooh, halloween yeah i'll direct it wait you need a score oh yeah got I'll do it. that too <laughs> you know what you don't even you don't need you don't have a story i'll write the motherfucker let's yeah. do this yeah he he literally they had to talk him out of being uh michael myers right they were like <laughs> yeah. look john look <clears throat> carpenter don't. all right didn't he actually hold on didn't he film some scenes as the shape and I then do someone so. else like took over because it was too much or something. I do believe so. That's or he of, didn't have the right frame for that's it. Partially why I made that joke. I think that's awesome. And just in case anyone didn't know that, guys, that's totally true. Look it up. Q just dropped an amazing fact bomb on you. A fact bomb right on your face holes. <laughs> um, but so, like John Carpenter is one of the only directors that I could buy a ticket to like a film festival that he's putting on in the same weekend that I can buy a ticket for him conducting an orchestra of original (laughs) compositions that he has made over the last 30 years. And I could also buy a ticket to see him and a, and a rock band starring Nick cave play a show at the arena. That is very true. It is very true. This dude does it all. Holy shit. Um, so John Carpenter, man, for those who are not familiar, fuck you. Yeah, but, seriously. What? Why, okay, one. Why are you listening to a podcast? You know what? Maybe they're here to learn about them. Maybe they are. And so we to that, to I fuck say, you. fuck you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. Still fuck you. I guess no. Still fuck you. But okay. also, like, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hope you keep listening. You drop us a five star review. It helps us get more <laughs> listeners that we can then insult. But if you don't, fuck you. <coughs> or if you do, well, fuck you. I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the way we're going here. Welcome to High Five Colon the podcast. Colon F- fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good i love uh, it um so basically that's was the original title of uh uh independence day resurgence was just independence day <laughs> fuck you 
Because that's what that movie that's was. What, I was about to say, because that's what it felt like. Yeah, that was the original title. A lot of uh, people don't know that. True fact, don't look it up. So, question. High five Al Borland rumors. <laughs> They're all true. Yeah. Just believe them. He Blind faith, people. That's what we ask for. Uh, so, quick question. What was your first John Carpenter movie? Okay, I anticipated you asking me this. I... I have a hard time remembering, honestly. Okay. I kind of want to say I think it was Halloween. Okay. Just because that's, I think, the most prescient memory in my head. Like, when I think of John Carpenter, I think of horror movie director. Sure. When in reality, he has a lot of movies that All aren't sorts of exactly like random stuff. horror and, sure. um, and are just kind of action-y. But I always think of him as the Halloween guy. And so I think that was the first one. It's very possible, though, that I had seen Escape from New York or Big Trouble in Little China on television. Yep. That's what I was going to say. I saw Halloween. So for me, Big Trouble in Little China was my first John okay. Carpenter movie. Because that's I did like his see it on television movie. Like right. you could see that on television the same way you would see like a Jackie Chan movie on uh, like Rumble in the Bronx and Big Trouble in Little China were like back to back on TBS. Right. Exactly. And I remember being like, holy cow, I love this. Like, I Big Trouble in Little China is one of my faves. It yeah. is such a strange movie. Um, yes. It is, but it's it, it actually falls, as far as John Carpenter's career goes, it's kind of like right in the middle of his career. Right. So, like, he had done several, several, several movies before, and he went on to do several movies after. So this is what I consider... Uh, John Carpenter at his like most action comedy, like oh yeah, that's yeah. at what's well, the peak of it because unless um, you include uh, Escape from L.A., which is maybe an unintentional comedy, uh, I don't know what to think of that movie. I think it's like it's almost him parodying himself, which is weird. It, it is weird. I don't yeah, but we'll get but to that, that. Was right but around the time though, in like China. Big Trouble in Little China was right around that time when he was doing other types of genre, like against type, because Starman came out around then as well, and that was like a romantic drama, kind of romantic sure. sci-fi ish. Do you do you do you know? I know some little weird factoids about Big Trouble in Little China that I would love oh, to drop yes. on you and see if you know. So yes. one one thing that I find fascinating. So this is just directed by John Carpenter. This is and has music by John Carpenter. Perfect. But it is not written by John Carpenter. It was originally written by Gary Goldman and David Z. Weinstein. Okay. Now, here's the thing they were first time screenwriters, and originally, this movie was written as a Western set in the 1880s. Wait, how? Yep. And W.D. Richter, who came on and rewrote. He actually is credited as adapting the movie <laughs> from their script. Uh, he was hired to rewrite the movie and modernize it. Oh, wow. Uh, ex so how crazy is that, though? How, how would they do, like, the underground magic shit with in Western? Well, I'm sure that, I mean, it says that it was heavy, heavily rewritten. Okay. So, but I'm guessing like you could kind of like I could see Jack Burton as kind of a cowboy esque, like man with no name kind of character. 
Yeah, I mean, he's just a trucker who rolls into town. So starts... he could be like a cowboy that rolls in and starts fights and gambles and stuff. Yeah, he goes to like a gaming center and he plays a game, loses a bet, has to go with someone to pick up someone from the train station. Right. So then you gets thinking... involved in a gang war. And and the whole like little China, you've got yeah. the the railroad being built 1880s. Yeah. So you've got like uh, Chinese encampments. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, like. If you really think about it, you're like, I can kind of see where the skeleton I, of that story. May I think have what happened was they really liked the setup of, um, you know, accidentally getting into a gang war and sure. the action comedy aspect of it. And then they loved the name Big Trouble in Little China. And since they couldn't use that on another property, they just rewrote it using that same skeleton. That is probably correct. Um but it's one of my it's one of my favorites. Um, it came out around the same time as the Golden Child, that Eddie Murphy movie. You remember that? Oh man, I hadn't thought about that movie in years. Which is another like kind of supernatural yeah. Asian history, American dealing with supernatural Asian history kind of movie. That is weird. Was that like a trend back then, like Marvel movies and superhero movies? Are it now? was. So Big Trouble to Little China was the studio's answer to The Golden Child. They were released around Funny. the same time. So it was kind of the Armageddon Deep Impact kind of thing. They're <laughs> like, we're going to monopolize on this this storytelling device kind of thing. Um, but basically, do you know how much how much this movie cost to make? No. Uh, I don't know why is, I would. It is I, estimated I <laughs> between 19 and $25 million. Now, you like Big Trouble in Little China? I love I love it. I love Big Trouble in Little China. Box office did not love Big <laughs> oh, Trouble in no. Little China. It cost between 19 and $25 million to make. It only made $11 million <clears throat> in the box office. So it was a massive flop and loss for the studio. Well, that sucks. Yeah, but weirdly enough has gone on to become a cult classic i we host movie parties of this at the alamo like this is a very well-known very popular it, it holds like an 80 percent on rotten tomatoes like right people love this movie people love this movie but it tanked hard <laughs> like hard you know what there is some executive somewhere holding his fingers going come on john carter of mars you can do it. Come on, John Carter of Mars. Cult classic. Cult classic. One day Yo! it's going to get rediscovered. I swear people are going to love will, it. There is some executive somewhere going, time will tell. <laughs> Ju- you know, happened with Big Trouble Little China. Time will tell. People just weren't ready for it. It was just too. It was ahead of its time. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch is revelationary. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I just wanted to dive in because that, A, not only being my one of my uh, first interactions with a John Carpenter movie, but also one of my, you know, I'll show my cards a little bit. One of my (laughs) favorite John Carpenter movies. Um, It definitely is not the John Carpenter that people think of when they think John Carpenter. Right. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of my thing. Do you have any that you were just like a, like a diehard, like, you know, I know that may be tipping your cards on the list, but let's talk about it. I want to talk sure. about, like, I, what is your – what's your thing? When you think John Carpenter, what do you go to? Okay. Well, here, I'll do I'll do both ends of the spectrum. So okay. I'll do the, na- the, the top, like the highest point in the mountain, and then I'll do, like, the nadir. 
And I'll tell you, like, the ones that, just like you said, not the John Carpenter that the people think of when they sure. think of John Carpenter. So I, I have this very weird relationship with John Carpenter, I think at least, is that I love him so deeply. Like, there are movies that I love that, like, The Thing and Halloween and Assault on Priest 13 – I just that I just love Escape from New York is up there as well. Sure, um, but the John Carpenter of my lifetime of going to movies for myself, sure, is not that John Carpenter. It's Escape from L.A. Vampires, Ghosts of Mars, John Carpenter. Oh, okay, and so that's where because you know that was Escape from L.A. Let me look up the years. Okay, yeah, Village of the Dam was nineteen ninety five. And then Escape from L.A. was a year after. Vampires was 98. Ghosts of Mars was 2001. I was like, you know, middle school and high school. Sure. And so those were the years when I started to go to movies. And it was like, John Carpenter presents vampires. I'm like, fuck yeah, John Carpenter and vampires. I know all these movies from watching these movies. Sure. And I go see them. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that one's not great. But the next one is about, like, space. Sure. Come on. John Carpenter did the thing. He did Halloween. He could do he could do scary in space, and then we could get Ghosts of Mars. And it's like ah, Ooh. you know. <laughs> so like the, when I think of John Carpenter, my mind immediately goes to Halloween and the thing, almost synonymously. Sure. Um, to tip my hand a little bit, you even when early, early, early on in the show, like four years ago, we did a top horror movies list. Yep. The Thing was my number one. I think, was it both of our number ones? I think it was, actually. Okay. And so that's going to tip my hand a little bit on where I go for the list here in just a little bit. Sure. But I think between Halloween and The Thing, John Carpenter has made such an impression on what we can do with horror movies. Sure. And what can be done with special effects. Um, and so that's kind of the John Carpenter that I go back what? to is that, that scary John Carpenter. Um, well, let's so, dive into that then. I would really love to kind of pick your brain on, uh, because we've talked about the thing before, and I'm sure we will before this conversation is over, how, like, tell me about your experience with Halloween then, and like how Halloween has kind of like, like, what do you think about the influence that Halloween had, or the Halloween movies that came after John Carpenter's original? Kind of right. right. Well, okay, so, and I think I've talked about some of this on the show, but for new listeners, that would be way back in the archives. But sure. one of the things about Halloween that I love, and I appreciate now, because for me, <clears throat> I came to Halloween, um, it was after I had started getting into horror movies. Sure. And so... I think I did what everybody else did around our age was I, I did Jason and Freddy because those were, you know, there had some comedic elements to it. You could kind of get into them. Um, the Chucky movies were in there. And then I think I came to Halloween later after I had already been introduced to the whole serialized horror bad guy. Sure. And I, but I do remember watching Halloween and basically thinking there's something different about this one. It wasn't as fast-paced. It wasn't as silly, but it was just better. And I didn't at the time. I didn't really understand it. I just knew that it was better. Sure. And so that was what I, it was. Always kind of became the high bar to me of what those types of movies were. And it was only later, actually diving into it, when um, when I realized like 
like you had mentioned, the influence that it has. Like sure. before that movie, there really weren't a lot of slasher movies. Like you had your Black Christmases, but they were more gimmicky. And and so John Carpenter had this idea of making almost almost like the original anthology series. Like that's sure. what he kind of wanted to do American Horror Story before that was a thing. And so he wanted to make a movie and release it every year on Halloween that would just be a Halloween series of scary movies that explore different topics that were scary. And so that was how it was pictured. Um, and so Halloween, the first one, was about a serial killer. And then the next one was going to be like an otherworldly type thing, a la Season of the Witch, which is Halloween 3. Sure. That one was meant to be the next one. But because Halloween 1 and the Michael Myers character was so good and well-received... Can we talk... Okay, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you just on this one. Let's let's really break it down how well-received, okay? This movie... We're going to talk numbers here again. Let's do it. People speak with their money. This movie is estimated to have cost between $300,000 and $325,000 to make. That's Very... that's like a house in, in a nice part of Nashville. <laughs> exactly. The box office on this movie is 60 to 70 million. Yeah. So it was a smash. Hit. And that's not even counting like merchandise and masks and right. Halloween costumes and impressions and, you know, uh, licensing fees to use him in other markets. It's a smash hit. It is. Yeah. It is. It. It. Yeah. I mean, three hundred grand to seventy million. I mean, yeah. so yes, so absolutely, the studio was like, "Nope, let's just keep doing this." And, like, well, and that's what they he said. He was like, "I don't want to do that." And they're like, "No, no, just do one more, and then we'll let you do whatever you want." And the studios was smart in this way, I guess. I don't maybe no, no, they weren't. I take that back. But they they made him do it. And they said, "Okay, the third one you can do whatever you want." And so the second one he made was a direct sequel to the first. It's you know the hospital one. And then the third movie has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Sure. And it tanks. And so then, you know, that's when he kind of leaves. But, like, the the original premise of it was an anthology series, but because he'd started it as then a slasher series, it couldn't change at that point. Sure. And no, so I'm- they just went back to the Michael Myers, and they just kept deepening the mythology i don't even think he was involved in the later ones and they're not honestly not that yeah and to be honest so his his last his directorial involvement with halloween begins and ends with the first with the first one yeah because he didn't even direct the second one nope he was he's been on a bunch of shitty movies in a produce producerial role right but he has never revisited some of those oh you even mentioned vampires so, Vampires spawned two sequels. Really? Two sequels. The second of which, I'm surprised you don't remember, it starred the, the great John Bon Jovi. Wait, wait was that? How- it, was, uh, ha- it was Vampires Vamp- de los Muertos or something oh, like that. No, I don't remember that one. Yeah. And starred John Bon Jovi. I and thought you were going to say Dracula it. 2000. I was like, I didn't know that was a sequel. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, but it was produced, so it was a... John Carpenter production of yeah. Vampires de los Muertos. I want to I want to read just because Vampires I do want to talk about it for a second cuz it was a letdown for me. Um I was I would just want to read the IMDb summary of 
vampires. Yeah, just please do. It, just because I don't know if people know what this is. It stars James Woods. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. Recovering from an ambush that killed his entire team, a vengeful vampire slayer must retrieve an ancient Catholic relic that, should it be acquired by the vampires, will allow them to walk in sunlight. Yes. Anything starring a vengeful vampire slayer as portrayed by James Woods, awesome. Exactly. Bad guy, Daniel Baldwin. Come on, guys. This is a vampire movie directed by John Carpenter, starring James Woods and Daniel Baldwin, about a vengeful quest from a vampire slayer. This is like was my first introduction to like actually seeing John Carpenter in the theater. Um, and Q, you have a VHS of this movie. I do. I do. I had to show this to you. This is not only a VHS of it, but this is a VHS of vampires, and it is sealed. This is a brand new copy. You've of watched Vampire. it about as many times as the common audience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. I did not know why you would said like, hold on a second, and then you just popped off screen and you came back holding a VHS of this movie. I would love it if every movie we mentioned you just like were popping VHSs up in the screen because you I probably, probably could. I don't know. We can kind of let the listeners know, but I have a massive VHS collection because I'm a bit of a VHS head. Uh <laughs> I know most people are like, VHS, why give a shit? (laughs) It's a terrible format. And you're right. You're right. It looks like garbage. But But there's something wonderful about it. It's nostalgia. There's something great about that tactile feeling of like inserting a VHS into a VHS player, (laughs) hearing the click and then the hum, and then watching the movie afterwards. The track lines? Uh Uh-huh. Formatted to fit a 4 by 3 screen. Yeah. Um, But also, guys, for those who don't know, I really do it because I'm a massive cinephile, and there are a ton of movies that never made it to any other media format except for VHS, and I own quite a few of them. So, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, we go with High Five loves VHS. We give out VHS at uh, at conventions and whatnot. It's it's kind of our thing. We give them out all, all the time. So, yeah, all yeah, the time. Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. You're going to get some VHS. Maybe if you want them, if you Maybe, win them, if you're and, lucky, and a player, who knows? Who knows? Uh, so yeah, so vampires. Uh, that's one of those movies that I watched. I actually have seen the second one with John Bon Jovi, <laughs> and uh, it's not good. I don't Wait, know. was John Bon Jovi in more than one vampire movie? I really feel like I've seen a vampire movie with John Bon Jovi in it. Maybe I don't Hold know. On. You, you you keep yeah. talking. I'm gonna look up John Bon Jovi in vampire movies. <laughs> so there's another. Um, so one of the other movies that I love uh, to hate on with uh, <laughs> with John Carpenter is, and we talked about it briefly, you touched on it, but Ghosts of Mars. So Ghosts of Mars is one that I remember when the trailer hit, it had such a strange cast. Yes. That's what fascinated me. So not only do we have Ice Cube. What and like front and center ice cube. like this is a starring vehicle not like for hey ice, cube. ice cubes in anaconda kinda right this is like hey ice cube is the main character of our movie <laughs> then you also have Pam Greer right because of Jackie Brown Pam right <laughs> then you was also this have, was this pre yeah was this pre or post Jackie Brown this is post Jackie Brown oh okay 
Exactly. Then you also have Jason Statham. Perfect. Back before that, that back when like hearing Jason Statham would have been like, who? Exactly. Exactly. And then you have the great species actress, Natasha Henstrich. Right. So it. Oh, dude, I just looked. Ghost of Mars was like Jason Statham's immediate follow up to like Snatch. Was it really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, he he used that he used that snatch platform to launch directly into Ghosts of Mars. Ghosts of Mars is one of those movies where this is a movie that feels like it was made for direct to video. <laughs> like it, this feels like yes, it feels like a movie that you should have seen on Sci-Fi, but then not watched because it would be like, well, that looks dumb. And so, and because I want to keep, I find uh, the box office numbers very fascinating for John Carpenter movies. Because here's the thing about John Carpenter. Lots of directors live and die by box office numbers. So, like, their career can end if they have a a flop, right? Yeah. John Carpenter has had, like, a slew of financial (laughs) failures. Yeah. And... For some reason, people are just like, you know what? But he did Halloween. But that's the thing, though. Like, that's I said that in the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Like, that's the thing that's so weird. And and I guess it's emblematic of the way that that Hollywood kind of is. But you because if you start off strong, because if you've got, you know, Escape from New York, Halloween, Assault on Precinct 13, The Thing all in a row. Then you can have like eight or nine that are just the shit. Exactly. Just like the shitty. And we don't like, mean the shit like, man, that's awesome. No, no. We like, mean the shit like, they oh are my like, God, this that smells is like the shit. Feces. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie, so Ghosts of Mars, budget $28 million. All right. So a pretty high budget movie. Which in it does not look like no, it costs it does not. $28 million. A box office of $14 million. Ah, that is a 50% loss on the production cost of this movie. That is that is horrible. <laughs> like, if my boss were to come to me tomorrow and be like, Q, uh, we are only going to be able to pay you 50% of your salary this year. <laughs> that would be like, a catastrophic no. loss for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just want to really put it into perspective that, like, you know, 50% of losing your money is bad. Like, that's, that's hysterical. <laughs> that's, that's a really... Well, and the thing is, and like I said, and you look at it, and you look at the the makeup job on whatever. The, I guess it's just... I, I'm not even sure who's playing those ghosts. But <laughs> it, you look, it's like, how did this cost $28 million? Exactly. It's one of those things where, like, this legitimately... This movie doesn't make sense, but here's the thing, too. And this is where, like, it kind of... I'm like, is John Carpenter amazingly talented, or did he have, like, a couple? Because he also wrote this movie. <laughs> okay, so this without, is his with, vision, man. Like, with, Without is... reading the description, tell me what you think the story of Ghosts of Mars is. Okay. And I'll tell you what I remember about it. Okay, I kind of remember... All right, so here's what I think. It's about a group of people who are going to, like, colonize Mars, and they run up against, like, alien ghosts. 
<laughs> okay. That are trying to protect Mars? Is that okay. right? <laughs> Here's that what, what I you think. remember? Here's what I think. I think it was like a, an Event Horizon rescue mission to Mars. Okay. That then you have to fight alien ghosts. <laughs> okay, so we're on the same. So it is and alien that's ghosts. That's all I remember definitely. of it. Here, hold on. Let me let me pull up a synopsis. The actual synopsis for it. See. Okay, please do. I want to see how close we are. Uh, so either way, we are decided there are definitely alien ghosts in this movie, and they're definitely okay. on Mars. <laughs> okay. So we get that from the title. <laughs> Here's the synopsis. Okay. Two hundred years in the future. Uh, wait, where did it go? Oh, I was just looking at it. Oh, yeah. 200 years in the future, a Martian police unit is dispatched to transport a dangerous prisoner from a mining outpost back to justice. But when the team arrives, they find the town deserted and the inhabitants possessed by the former inhabitants of the Mars planet. Got it. So it's no one being sent to Mars. They're okay. apparently already <laughs> colonized Mars. Mars and they're just going across town. Got it. It's like a western. It's but like when they get to the mining town, they realize that everyone in the mining town is possessed by the ghosts of Native Americans. Got, got it. See, this is the movie that was originally a, a western. western. Exactly. And it was rewritten. And they're like, you know what? Like, but what about on Mars? Yeah, let's put it in space. Hey, Carpenter, we <laughs> like it. But what about on Mars? What if you had 100% more Mars in this movie? <laughs> like, okay, we know that you want to do Native American ghosts, but Poltergeist kind of did that already. How about this? One alien. small note won't change much about the movie. What about Mars? What about alien ghosts? <laughs> what about alien? <laughs> yeah. I. So did you see this in the theater? Did you get duped into going? I'm trying to remember. I don't I think did. so. I saw this in the theater because I was like, all right, John Carpenter – space movie I'm yeah in. we're doing this and then i got to the theater and I walked out i was like alien ghosts and it was and it, the thing is it's it was almost good enough to be on sci-fi like it's not very good no it's not but it's one of those things where it's like what do you i i, I don't know i don't know how this movie <laughs> got made i, I don't really know don't know what we're doing so then all right so let's jump back in the catalog back to like a good <laughs> one again right so one of the ones that, and this may be like straddling that line of like, was it actually good or was it like our memories of it that are good? But right. The fog. Okay. The fog is one of those for me, like the concept is interesting. It is a very cheesy movie. Like, but also at the time that it came out, was it a cheesy movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Like, it is now. Like, a lot of the things that happen are very tropey. Right. Um, but was it at the time in, in 1980 or whatever when it came out? Okay, so here's the thing. And this may – I know I've seen this. Okay. But I cannot think of this movie and not get it mixed up with The Mist, even though I know they're very okay. different. I thought you were going to say with the remake that had Tom Welling from Smallville in it. Do you remember that? That came out in like oh, the early 2000s. About that. I do remember that now. I had forgotten about that, though. They did a full-on Fog remake, followed very similar story, Pirate Ghosts. 
Okay, First so off, okay, that's what that's the thing about this one that I keep forgetting is that it's not the mist that kills people; it's that there are pirate ghosts. I now, don't remember much about this movie. I just realized something. Is John Carpenter just trying to make the same movie over and over, but each time they're like mad libbing it with like <laughs> John Carpenter is what about blank ghosts? <laughs> what about pirate ghosts? What about alien ghosts? What about a mask that's like a ghost? Right. Yeah, what about <laughs> That's amazing. We may have just stumbled on we may have cracked the Carpenter code. <laughs> Wait, well, what about, what about book ghosts? <laughs> exactly. What about, uh, what about alien ghosts? Oh, no, I did that in, uh, in, What about uh, vampire ghosts? Ghosts of Mars? Yeah, what about vampire ghosts? What about alien ghosts, but they're actually, like, possessing people? We'll just call it the thing, and they won't be ghosts. But it's but kind of like ghosts. It'll but be, they'll be, like, possessed They're like people. alien ghosts. Like alien ghosts. We're going to do those again. Don't worry. What about sunglasses ghosts? <laughs> exactly. That's it. We figured it out. That's the John Carpenter catch. Everything is just like a... What about Kurt Russell ghosts? What about the ghost of Kurt Russell's career? What about love ghosts? <laughs> what about love alien ghosts? Can I say how upset I am that you didn't laugh harder at my ghost of Kurt Russell's career? <laughs> I comment. did like it. Come on, man. <laughs> I did like it. I know lot. he's made a resurgence thanks to Tarantino now. But now, like, yeah. But for a long time. <laughs> hey, Overboard, man. But, uh, yeah, that movie's amazing. <laughs> you're, you're right. How can I, I love that that was like, why was that the example I used? <laughs> Come on, man. Death Proof. How can I forget cinema classic <laughs> overboard. overboard? No, no. And you might be thinking I'm talking about the Anna Ferris version. I'm not, I'm not. I assure you. And to be sure, no one is. No one is. Did <laughs> you see it? No. Nope. No, you didn't. <laughs> Nobody did. did. No. Did I'm you? Pretty sure Listeners, did you see? No, you didn't. I'm pretty sure that was a money laundering scheme by the studio. <laughs> that was just, that was like something that she got in the divorce that she didn't want <laughs> right. from Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Chris Pratt owned the rights to Overboard, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to take it, and I'm going to make this movie, so fuck you, Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's the thing. You know what? You know what? Hashtag Al Borland rumors. <laughs> the reason that movie was made is it's Chris Pratt's favorite movie, and he did own the rights and wanted, he wanted to, to remake be, it. Yeah, he wanted he, to be Kurt, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yep. And because he's Kurt Russell's son, as we learned in Guardians of the Galaxy, exactly uh, part two. Um, and so he did lose it in the divorce, and she made it out of spite, and that's why it's so bad. <laughs> exactly. That was Dude. the whole movie Overboard is just a big fuck you to Chris Pratt. I want this to be true so hard. It is. We've it said is. it on the podcast, so now it's true. Hashtag Al Borland rumors. Um, so we've got, uh, so to get back to the fog. So this is one, Have you, so you said you don't really remember okay, this movie. Okay, so I know I've seen it. Okay. But I'm not going to be able to like what happens in it. I but, keep getting it mixed up with the mist or something like that. It's it's kind of similar to the mist in that like there's a creeping fog and people right. die and they're not quite sure why this is happening. But basically all it is is vengeful ghosts. Excuse me of pirates basically that were killed on this island a hundred years previously. They c the spirits come back. In so is the, the fog, fog covering the entire island yes. or does it like move around like a nasty storm? It, it moves around like a nasty storm. 
but it's kind of like the blob, but with smoke. <laughs> okay, see, and the blob is another one that I kind of get mixed up with. There's like they all came out around similar times, and so I kind of get them all mixed up. But okay. yeah, so the the fog, like it could be over the gas station, but like I could be at home and be fine. Exactly. Okay. As long as you're not in the fog, you're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how how does the movie do they have to like satiate the ghosts or find their gold or do they just like plug in like a huge fan uh i'm trying to remember uh da, 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 da. let me see i'm gonna read this just just to like really uh okay so it is they a satiate the ghosts. uh yeah they satiate the ghosts satiate the ghosts and uh but they don't whoa i don't remember that at all uh, apparently it has a very <laughs> has a very dark ending they actually think they satiate the ghosts but then they come back and it's bad for everybody oh <laughs> and they just suck everything yeah, they were pirates like, and they just ro- robbed them of whatever and then they still tormented them and sunk their ship exactly because they're fucking pirates that's exactly. what pirates do right so that's interesting um Okay, so Jamie Lee I, Curtis is in this movie. I forgot about that. I did read that on there. I, he he liked Jamie Lee Curtis back in the day. He did. Did you know he liked Adrian Barbeau more? Oh, really? He married her. Oh, nice. Uh, and she also is in this movie. Well, there you go. She's probably in a bunch of them. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> um, so as far as you go, do you have any other uh, like Carpenter movies you want to talk about before we? Uh, well, we I, there's a couple that I want to mention, but we can sort of talk about them in a group because I think I think we've seen all of these and they all, you know, around the same time of goodness, or at least for me. But like Escape from New York, They Live, Christine, Assault on Prethink 13, like he's got his action. That's kind of what I was mentioning earlier was really interesting about the question of when did you first you know come across John Carpenter is that, you know, I – I saw a bunch of the movies like Assault on Precinct 13 or Escape from New York or Big Trouble in Little China, and I didn't connect them. That was back in the day where I wasn't paying attention to who who directs movies. Sure. You know? And so I knew about them and I liked them, but I never connected them to John Carpenter because he was always the the Halloween, the thing guy. Right. And so now, like, looking back on those – I, you know, I definitely connect them with him, but it, it it always makes them stand out a little bit because Escape from New York is just one that I love. It's so fun. The premise, honestly, is really interesting. Um, it's not just a insert ghosts into something sure. movie, but it's like a really fun premise, and it's a fun action movie. And so that was one that always just jumps out at me. And then They Live is like a fun horror movie. So sure. I like when he tries to have fun. Now, speaking of having fun, and maybe one of the most quotable lines from any of his movies, uh, They Live is just a flat-out weird, fun movie and has maybe one of the best lines ever. It's the uh, chewing gum. You're right. I'm here to do two things, chew gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of gum. I've used that line so in so many different ways at different things. I just love the, and I'm all out of gum. Right? <laughs> like, so, you know what it means. It's ass-kicking time. Someone's getting the ass-kicked. But They Live is such a weird movie as well because it, the idea of this guy finding sunglasses that lets him see beyond the veil of reality to see that the entire world is just, like, 
These skinless aliens that are manipulating us via commercials. Right, via subliminal messages and consumerism. Yeah. Like, obey, obey us. Um, but one of the interesting things is, so first off, starring the great Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes, of, of course. wrestling fame. Some of the greatest fight scenes in movies. Uh, also has Keith David. It sure does. It, and he's amazing. Uh, but did you know that John Carpenter actually wrote the screenplay under a pseudonym? I did know that, and it's something like crazy. It's Frank Armitage. That's it, Armitage. That's the name. So John Carpenter both wrote and directed this movie, but for whatever reason, I don't know why he didn't write under write Ghosts of Mars under pseudonym. <laughs> Probably would have made more sense. Uh, he wrote this movie under the name Frank Armitage. <laughs> it was actually directed, uh, it was based off of a short story, the 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, nice. Now, here's a question. Do you think this movie was successful or not successful? Probably not successful. You would be very wrong. Oh, it was like crazy successful? Budget of $3 million made $13 million. Oh, yeah. Way to go, dude. So, once again, it's kind of one of those things where, like, you also can't tell. I have no idea what of his pantheon is going to be successful <laughs> and what is not. And maybe that's why they keep letting him make movies. Is well, and that's like, the thing. It's not even like you can predict a pattern. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to make this movie about a guy who wears a William Shatner mask and kills people. And they're like, okay, I guess. And then, yeah, it's like the most successful thing ever. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to make a movie about a fog that creeps in and kills people. And they're like, oh, that's really like, scary. Okay. And then it's like, cool. it's terrible. Exactly. And then uh, it's like, okay, now I'm going to write a movie. All right, now, to be fair, a, the, 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 that, that, uh, the Fog movie, 1.1 million budget, it made 21 million. Oh, well, it was crazy successful then. So 21 times its budget. <laughs> 20 times oh, its budget. That's, that right there is why he keeps getting money. That's what I'm saying. That's why he like, keeps getting jobs. It's so they're like this dude can make money. He like prints money. <laughs> I, now I like the idea of every pitch that John Carpenter goes on just sounds like the craziest fucking thing ever. But they're like, yeah, but the last time he like timed twenty one his budget, <laughs> right. like, and he was talking about pirate ghosts. Exactly. He's like, all right, guys, I've got this idea where an ex wrestler puts on magic sunglasses and sees aliens. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. Give him whatever he wants. Anybody? And then the crazy thing is the movies that are the most, like, revered, like The Thing. Right. It 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 was successful, but meagerly so. Made for $15 million, It took in $19 million. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so barely. Like, like, it made more than its thing. It but made it's... more than its budget, so it was profitable, but wasn't wildly profitable. But is known at, and recognized as maybe one of the greatest horror movies, and you and I agreed it was the greatest yes. horror movie of all time. So it's one of those things where it's like, God, like some of his premises are so bizarre and rake in the cash, and then the ones that are crazy, like good that right. people remember and love, are the ones that are like, eh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're probably not gonna go see that in the theater, I suppose. Oh man, um, would it? Did we but, see? Hold on. Did we talk about what Village of the Damned made? Uh-uh. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> okay. So uh, a budget of twenty-two million mm-hmm. for Village of the Damned. Mm-hmm. Opening weekend, three million. Ouch. Total gross, nine million. Ouch. That's like 
less than half. Okay, well, I've got you beat. You ready for this? Yes, And this always. one actually, this is the last movie he made. This is the ward? <laughs> so they, yes, they may have been like, you know what? Like, we can't keep losing money anymore. <laughs> this is it. He made the ward in 2010. Right. Budget was $10 million. Total box office, $1.2 million. Oh, ouch. So that is, he lost... Uh, nine million. Uh, he he lost ninety percent of his budget. <laughs> it. I see. I see here. There's one I'm looking at on an IMDb stat that is like, the worldwide gross was fifty two thousand for the ward. Yes. What? Yeah. So what? That that like so fifty two thousand of that came from like overseas and worldwide. And then, like, the 1.5 that you mentioned includes this. But that's less than a, a Tesla. Oh, God. Yeah. And the ward wasn't very good. No, it wasn't very good. Although it starred, like, quite a few up-and-coming uh, stars. It did, which is weird. I mean, but then again, uh, hold on, let me look at this list here. It's got I Jared mean, Harris. Yeah, it's got but Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Hey, I don't know. She can rake in the bucks. Aquaman. She, Danielle Panabaker. I know her. Uh-huh. Lindsay Fonseca. She was the uh, she was the daughter on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, was she? I believe so. Oh, fun. Yeah, I just remember I remember seeing this movie, but I don't know anything uh, about it. Oh, wait, let's see. An institutionalized young woman becomes terrorized up oh, by a ghost. Well, there Psych it is. Psych ward ghost. Once again, he's like mental ghosts. Yeah. You know, brain ghosts. <laughs> yeah, you got a case of them brain ghosts. Uh, yeah, I did, you know, I know Mars ghost didn't go over too well, but brain ghosts. We're gonna Better. Get it. Better. And then after that, they're like, you know what, John? Why don't you just, like, do music for Danny McBride movies? Yeah, how about that? We'll just let Danny McBride remake all of your movies, and you just do the soundtrack. <laughs> can, can you do that? Does that John? sound good? Good. No more Good. ghosts. We're not giving you award money anymore. We're giving up the ghost. Uh, so, all right. Well, I think we've officially reached a point where we can list the top five yeah. John Carpenter movies. John Carpenter list coming at you. Vampires. Ghosts. All Vampire of them. Ghosts. Just one of them. Movie list, list ghosts. List ghosts. Is this, where we do the list? this is where we make a list. The list. List. That's, you know That's what? It. If John Carpenter wanted to 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 buy the rights to High Five Colon the podcast make and make whatever movie he wanted, like Podcast Ghost for all I care, I'd totally let him. I'd oh, yeah, he's like, you it. know what? This one might be good. I am so into that. Uh, all right, so let's rank it, dude. Let's count it down. All right. So I know I know for you that Big Trouble in Little China has to be on the list. Yes, definitely. I'm, so I'm just going to put the top, it preferably. Okay, so here let me let me just do this, and because I'm gonna add it to the list, and then we can just name some and say above or below. All right, the thing above. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. The thing is is above, but Halloween then, like, above. Halloween above. Okay, so right now, got it at three. I think that's pretty good. I would say, uh, let. I would say, oh, I mean, personally for me. Uh, Escape from New York would be above, but I think you would probably vote it below. Correct? I think it's going to be below. Yeah. Let me just at least get it on the list though, because I think 
Um, I think that's up there. Where, what would you say about Christine? I know we didn't talk about it, but did you have you seen Christine? Do you I like have. it? Yeah, the possessed car movie. Yeah, the Stephen the Stephen King one. I think that's one of his better you mean, ones. You mean car ghosts? <laughs> car ghosts. It is. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, it's car ghosts. Oh man. Uh, so would you put like something like if we had to decide between Christine, The Fog, and They Live? Where would you land on which one goes on the list? Oh shit, I don't know. Maybe They Live. I, I love would probably they vote live. They Live as well. Um, but I would put that below Escape from New York. Oh, definitely. So. Okay, well, hold on. Let me. So right now, what we have is number one, The Thing. Number two, Halloween. Number three, Big Trouble in Little China. Number four, Escape from New York. And number five, They Live. Yeah. I'd Do say that's want... solid, man. I mean, that's pretty solid. I know I mean, we're we missing talk like, about, in like, the mouth Prince of, of Darkness. Um, Prince of Darkness is pretty good. Um, but we did. I mean, I, I don't think it's as memorable as some of the others. I'm actually I'm trying to think if anything else deserves to be on here. I mean, Assault on Precinct 13, I could make a case for for sure. being better than They Live. Mm, I don't know, but I'd probably watch They Live again I feel before. Like, honestly, all of these movies are probably the, the ones we listed are probably the most iconic. Yeah, so they're the ones that I think are his legacy. You know what? I, I'm fine with this. Let's go. Okay, the only thing is you 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 still say. For John Carpenter movies, yes, Halloween is below the thing. Because oh, no. I, I feel if we're doing iconic oh. Carpenter movies, Halloween maybe needs to be number one. But if we're doing quality of movie, I would say the thing. Okay, well then we can put Halloween number one. So the we're thing, doing like the two. ones that define his legacy, the ones that are iconic John Carpenter. Yes. Then honestly, this list is sort of in that regard. I think perfect. So Halloween, which is his legacy, I think wh- whether he wants it to be or not. Sure. Um, the thing, which I think is just the peak of what he can do as a, as a te- Agreed. technician, big trouble, in little China is like comedic action. Um, yeah. escape from New York is the same type of thing. It's like big and bold and successful. They live is weird. Sci-fi like small, weird, and then everything else is sort of the stuff that we didn't really want to touch, like the Starmans and right. the vampires and the ghosts of Mars and the wards and Dark right. Star, which we hadn't seen. Um, I think this encapsulates his kind of legacy list pretty well. I'm on board with that, man. So I that's it. it. You guys, your very first uh, Here Comes Halloween High Five Edition episode. Oh, man. Guys, that was that was exciting. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you haven't seen some of these movies... If you have to, like, before Halloween, here's your list. Watch these movies before Halloween in your Halloween movie prep time. That's what that's what these Here Come Halloween episodes are about. It's giving you movies to add to your arsenal this Halloween season. Exactly. We're going to give you uh, 20 days of Halloween, basically, because each, each directorial list will provide you with five movies you should be watching. Dude, that's a gift. That's a gift we're giving people. You're welcome. Don't be so ungrateful. <laughs> Go to your room. Halloween high five. We have reached the end of another high five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my five at high five, the That's M Y F I V E at 
H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at hi the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? The ghosts that were hidden in this recording possessing your house? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.